0: Hey Story Show listeners, Jeremy here along with Angie. Wow, no last name this time. No. <laughs> that is that's new. That's I like new. to grow as a person. That's good. by shortening my name. That's good. <laughs> I, I, I tend to languish and and in, in the norm, you know. There you go. That's just me. Uh so we are uh wow, we're post deadline. So we have submissions. Mm-hmm. Which means lots of work for you and me.
1: Yes. But yeah. we like it. We do like it. It's yeah. fun.
0: Uh, it's great to, um, I don't know, it's just fun to read the stories and immediately start thinking about how we're going to design the show, what order, you know, we might have and think about feedback. So yeah. the next time you hear from us, we will, we will have some names to share, right?
1: yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's more than one name to
0: share. Yeah. Unless unless we get really lazy and are like, oh, I just don't have time to read those. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, just quick reminder about dates. Angie, you're good with this stuff. Where we what are we looking at for our next show?
1: Show is January twelfth. Um, at the Marion Ross Performing Arts Center uh, here in town. You can get tickets at actonbroadway.com, or you can stop by the box office in person up at the Marion Ross if if that's your jam. Um, Otherwise, you can get tickets from any of the storytellers, which you'll find out next week, or from me or Jeremy.
0: All right. Sounds good. Um, So the the story that we're going to be featuring in this episode uh, comes from an interesting guy who yeah. probably never thought growing up that he would be living in Albert Lee, Minnesota, population 18,000 I don't know why, plus. man. <laughs> it's
1: the dream. It
0: is. I mean, and I, I'm i just going to say this. I had uh, reason to be up in the city offices and to, to see his office from across the way. And he's got a beautiful view. Nice. Like those city offices, they overlook Fountain Lake, you know, above yeah. the library and... Um, I guess it's above the fi- is it the yeah, fire, the fire station. Fire, yep. Yeah. And, uh, for now, anyway, that's li- going to get
1: beautified too. Right. So much beauty happening. Yeah, I know. It's I exciting. Know.
0: But live in the dream. Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. That so, lake view. Why not? Yeah.
0: So anyway, we're talking about Jerry Gabrielatos and he, uh, is originally from Chicago and his story is about his time in Chicago working. Mm. <clears throat> so he's a assistant city manager here in Albert Lee. And in Chicago, what was he doing there?
1: Uh, he was like the assistant to an alderman or something, right? Like yeah. I guess I don't remember the exact title, but it was something like that.
0: Yeah doing doing work in that precinct and uh, some community organizing and, and and that sort of stuff. And yeah. public servant work, Pu- good public stuff servant work. out
1: there doing the good deeds.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so yeah, so his story is about you know. Uh, A challenge that came up and people just coming together as a community and really completely changing things.
1: Yeah. Rather than, um, just naming problems, which I think is a really easy thing to do, they were like, we're done naming problems. We want to look for solutions and people showed up and said, how do we help? Tell us where to go. And he kind of got put in charge of organizing this. Um, I don't know what you want to call it. Like group or campaign like they were trying to make things better in the yeah. neighborhood and um yeah. they did the hard work and got it done
0: got it done yeah so uh, great story and uh he's he's funny mm-hmm. uh the story itself is not is not hilarious but you'll get a sense for his sense of humor in the yeah. introduction so
1: absolutely yeah best dressed guy there that night uh you can't see it but trust was, us
0: he was definitely the best dressed guy oh yeah very hip yeah very stylish jerry has a fashion sense that i wish i had
1: Mm, fair yeah
0: but i wish you did too (laughs) thank you (laughs) what did you say that you might be i
1: will never be the most stylish person in the room but i will probably be the most comfortable
0: (laughs) i respect that i respect that so comfort man yeah so anyway uh without further ado uh let's let's get to the story um so this is And Now I Know Your Name by Jerry Gabrielatos. Enjoy. Jerry is a hot dish judge. <laughs> and an aspiring theater critic. And in his spare time, he pushes paper at City Hall. This is... And Now I Know Your Name, by Jerry Gabriel Atos.
2: This story is about a guy named Don that I met in a bar in Boston. (laughs) I really wanted to see a Red Sox game. Uh, So it's actually about a murder in Chicago, and before I tell it, I don't like telling stories that perpetuate uh, stereotypes about my hometown, but uh, I think it's important that folks understand that this is something we deal with, and um, I was put in a really unique situation, and this is about that. So uh, a former president once said that the running thread through my career has been this notion that when ordinary people get engaged, pay attention, learn about the forces that affect their lives, and are able to join up with others, good stuff happens. This is a story that proves that theorem, and it's about so many things in a city. So it was fall of 2009, I was working for an alderman named Manny Flores in a neighborhood that was gentrifying. Depending on who you asked, the neighborhood was Logan Square or West Bucktown. If you asked the longtime residents, it was Logan. If you asked those who newly relocated, it was West Bucktown. A beat cop once said to me that after a meeting, you know, all these realtors show these places in West Bucktown on Sunday mornings when there's nothing going on. Bucktown was and is an affluent Chicago neighborhood that has streets lined with designer fashion and restaurants that get Michelin stars. The only crime there is generally a crime of opportunity, um, someone who left their GPS in their car or left their garage door open. So if you're moving to Chicago from the suburbs or out of state West Bucktown, is just a few steps from all those cool places that you'll take your in-laws and there's very little crime. West Bucktown, or Logan Square, is just a few blocks away from where the uh, street gang, the Maniac, Latin Disciples started. Um, The gang still had a presence there in 2009, and the new residents who just purchased half a million dollar homes didn't know about this because they saw these homes on Sunday mornings when there was nothing going on. So how much crime the police department and media are willing to tolerate is an interesting question in Chicago uh, and nationally. If it's, uh, if it's people of the same race killing each other, uh, that seems to be okay. If it's gang members killing each other, that seems to be okay. But if someone who's not involved uh, is killed, that's what makes headlines in the front pages of the newspaper. So, Frankie Valencia was killed on October 31st, 2009 at a house party. Two gang members, one a self identifying maniac Latin disciple, were, referred, were refused entry to a party. They came back with a gun, killed Frankie, and shot another person. Frankie wasn't involved in gangs. Uh, he was a model, inspiring young adult. Uh, there are still tributes to Frankie and the impact that he had on his fellow students and family. At a keynote spe- speech he gave at DePaul, he said, Take a risk in dreaming about a better world. Dreaming, uh, dream about bettering the lives of the people around you. So that murder was on the front page of the paper. And my, one of my job responsibilities was uh, liaison to the Chicago Police Department. Uh, people always call the police for updates about crime, but they can exert a lot of pressure politically on their local elected official. So on a Friday night after Frankie was killed, we had more than 30 people in the office with the police commander to talk about what happened, why it happened, what gangs were like, when and how to call 911 and what the police were going to do next, and what the Alderman was going to do next. Not long after that meeting, uh, there was another person shot at the same house, the two incidents had nothing to do with each other, but this was uh, in an era before Airbnb and sort of regulation about uh, the shared economy and that sort of thing, and uh, there was just no regulation at all, and bad people rented houses. So. Uh, Not long after that murder, uh, we got another call saying, what are you gonna do about it? And somebody came into the office and asked us, what can I do about it? And uh, he just said, I don't think this is on the alderman or the police, and I want to help. I wasn't quite sure what to do, this really never happened. I said, well, the police always say that phone trees are effective, we could start one. So Jason and I went door to door in January in Chicago, uh, asking people if they'd like to join a phone tree on, on the block where these, these murders happened. We would get asked at the door, what's a phone tree? So we said, so let's say you see something suspicious, you call 911 and your neighbor calls 911, and the, it's just say the same thing when you call 911. The more calls for service, the better, and the cops use that data to allocate resources. So people on the block all got to know each other, and other folks joined us. Victor Quintanilla and Dan Connolly began helping us too. And what we began hearing at the door now was, thanks so much for doing this. I always see you get your paper in the mornings, and now I know your name. So because everybody got to know each other, they also got to know who wasn't from the neighborhood. And when bad folks came to the neighborhood, uh, particularly one guy named Real Killer, uh, not kidding. I mean, he, he's back in jail, locked up for gang recruitment because, because the phone tree lit up when everybody recognized that this person wasn't from the neighborhood. They had no business being there. So. What developed among the neighbors who belonged there uh, was a feeling of camaraderie, um, and after some really hard, candid discussions among neighbors, trust and understanding developed between the police and the neighborhood. Residents started asking themselves, uh, and us, as automatic staff, how do we get equipment for our park? What do we, can we do about graffiti? What's the process for getting our street resurfaced? Um, and those three guys got that neighborhood organization going again, providing an infrastructure for awareness to be maintained, Uh, connections to develop, and making their neighborhood not just a safer place, but one that realtors can begin showing their houses at times other than Sunday mornings. So when ordinary people get engaged, pay attention, learn about the forces that affect their lives, and are able to join up with others, good stuff does happen. Thanks.
1: The Let Your Light Shine Story Show was produced by Riley Wirth, Jeremy Corey Greenis, and me, Angie Zoller-Barker. Visit our webpage at thestoryshow.org and keep checking out our podcast. You can find us where you listen to your favorite podcast. Search for The Story Show in quotes.